Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a Friday edition of the Atlanta Sports Guys. I am still an Atlanta Sports Guy, regardless of what Brooke Lopez does to my soul. <laughs> Chase Thomas, and also joined by Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman, my fellow Atlanta Sports Guys. Garrett, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. No, it's uh, it, it was a tough day yesterday, but today's a new day, and tomorrow will be another one. So, Hawks are still alive, and that's all that matters. Uh, Max, how are you? Still a little traumatized from screaming, grab a rebound every two minutes. Um, <laughs> did, I didn't, I didn't know Brooke Lopez had that game left in him, left in the tank. That was old school, vintage Brooke Lopez. Um, and you know, we'll get into that. I'm not great, but you know, I, I have faith in Game Six. Do you? I, I actually do, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, the Hawks. The Hawks played better at home. I mean, they're they're uh, they they've been the road warriors in this in this playoffs. But I mean, look, they 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 play very well at home. They feed off the energy of the crowd. I would not be shocked if Trey Young comes out and plays. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't see how they come out with that emo- that level of emotion and aggressiveness on the road. How do uh, we uh, not- wait? What is the latest on him playing Game Six? Is that have they really? Oh anything? no, they're gonna they're not gonna say anything. No. They won't say they're not gonna say a word until about an hour before tip. Um, but I mean, he's more likely than Giannis to play. I think is he? Are we sure about I, the? No, <laughs> I mean Trey was able to get out there and he was um taking free. Not, he was down free throws, but he was coming out and doing some shots before the game, and he was trying to do run around and move, move. You, and he you was saw like you saw like grimace though. That was I, that was not grimace, and I didn't like it very much. No, that, that that just it makes me a little uncomfortable. But I mean, I just don't think Giannis is gonna play. Uh, but, but God. It's just so frustrating. This whole playoffs has just been so frustrating on the injury front. I mean, we've just we've, we the Hawks have managed to, per, to persevere like throughout the playoffs, but God damn, they they just cannot seem to stay healthy. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic for for a different reason, probably more practical reason, which is um, all four of the guys that that Brooklyn or not Brooklyn, geez, Milwaukee needed. Um, production from last night came through in like massive, massive ways. Um, Drew Holiday was awesome. He had uh, 25 and 13. He really dictated the whole game. Middleton had 26 and 13. Um, Brooke obviously had 33. Um, Bobby Portis had 22. And all, all four of those guys produced to like the maximum degree they needed. And like good for them. But that's not going to happen in Atlanta. Uh, it hasn't happened no. all series in Atlanta. Drew Holiday hasn't played well in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, Middleton will do his thing, but Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis are not combining for 55 points tomorrow night. And on the flip side of that, you know, you would think that the Hawks role players will, will be elevated by playing at home. And there's a degree to which um, I think desperation matters here. Like, Milwaukee will probably be fine going home for a game seven um, in which they've shown they can kind of run us off the court there um, without Trey. And I just think, I just think the level of desperation that we're going to come out with in game in game six is not going to be matched by Milwaukee. It'll it'll sort of be mirrored by what happened in game four. So that's more my optimism is that uh, Milwaukee needs their four guys to all play well in order to get that win, and I don't see that happening in Atlanta. Well, I mean, Nate McMillan said it best. I mean, the hardest game to win is the the put away game. Um. um and it, it it would not surprise me at all to to see them come to Atlanta. Atlanta take care of business and move back up to Milwaukee. 
that wouldn't surprise me even in the slightest because look, those four guys in that starting lineup shot over 50%. I think they, they combined for like 55% shooting. It, what? <laughs> they played an absurd amount of minutes. They were just wildly efficient from the floor. Um, I mean, you had three guys play over 20 minutes. Their starters all played over 36 minutes. And, I mean, they just played out of their minds. Um, I don't know if that is sustainable. Um, I don't know if they can do it in Atlanta. And then I don't know if they can do it even if they play a second game uh, back up in Milwaukee. Is that, that level of play from guys like this? Middleton, yes. Drew Holiday, yes. Bobby Portis, hell no. Brooke Lopez, hell no. I mean, Connaughton comes out. He, he actually put in some pretty important minutes. Played some I mean, he, pretty key plays. I mean, they were getting turnover after turnover. Um, and they were all came, coming in key spots. And I, I just don't see how they continue to do that. I mean, they, they're a very good defensive team. They showed that throughout the entirety of the uh, of the season, and they showed that they were even a good offensive and defensive defense, to be honest. But I, I just don't see how those guys are the ones who beat the Hawks again in Atlanta. I, I also think, um, just to go off that, I, I think the reason the Hawks lost last night is because the defense was, was horrible. Um, yeah. And that has nothing to do with Trey Young being out. Like, I, you know, part of me last night was like, maybe this is this is everything coming crashing down to earth without Trey. Game four might have been an anomaly. Um, and this is kind of the reality of the series. So Bucks will probably take this in six. But the defense, the defensive effort has zero to do with Trey, who, you know, who is incredible, but does not add much defensively. Um, and so with or without Trey, like that defensive effort has to be better. And I think Nate knows that it will be better. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone out in the media and, and really publicly challenged them to do so. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the yeah. offensive side of the ball, I mean, like they put up a, right about their playoff averages um, as far as like total points are concerned. So we didn't have a serious drop-off on the offensive end because, I mean, this team still plays well. Well, And if they looked a little dysfunctional at times, I mean, they played a lot of ISO ball. That's where I really saw the absence of Trey because they, they weren't, I mean, we didn't really have – I mean, Lou Williams is great. I love Lou Will. I think he's great coming off the bench. He's not a key distributor. He's a scorer. Um, and you saw that last night because he really wasn't putting other players in to make baskets in the way Trey Young does. But then again, I don't think there are many people in the NBA who do it like Trey does. Um, and that's where, that's where it was felt uh, because it just looked a little dysfunctional, and I think that played back on the defensive side. And the Bucks team was just playing with so much energy. I, I just don't see how they just kept getting shot after shot in the paint. I mean, what? I mean, it was the first quarter we got outscored in the first in, in the paint. What was it twenty-five to two or something? That that's that's just not something you can think an effort thing. That's an effort more than anything. But I mean, I think the Hawks will come back. I mean, I think they'll be fine. I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Mm. It's not even a panic button thing. It's just. Um... There, there's no path to them being the Suns in the finals now. Like with just how beat up. Like it, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. It's just fool's gold. Where you are, you're here. It's ridiculous. But Max and I were texting back and forth this week because um, I don't, I don't want to feel like a downer with all of this stuff. But like there, it's interesting to see how local media is responding to people discounting the Hawks' run because of injuries. I think the Suns have benefited it benefited from it more than the Hawks um just missing Murray AD and Kawhi um but 
like they they play the hands they're dealt like it uh there's nothing they can do like it's not their fault that these teams are just dropping like flies but it's also just like this is our new normal for a couple years we're like everything we know about the nba is what the hawks are doing is not possible in normal circumstances the season starts normally if you don't have the bubble last year this is not a possibility you need multiple all-stars to get to the finals like you need uh like if everyone's healthy there's just no path the the hawks are not doing it and what the heat did last year is also not happening um they're that's just not not how the nba works um getting through seven games and beating all-stars four times in seven game series is just very 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 unlikely and doing it three different times is also unlikely like we all understand that the suns would not have gotten through a healthy ad lebron a healthy jamal murray Jokic, and michael porter jr and a healthy Kawhi and paul george like the clippers almost won that series just even without uh Kawhi leonard um all that being said what happened you play what you're supposed to but um when you don't have the time off that you need that ad wasn't able to get away and all these things are real and Giannis's injury when you listen to uh sports uh just sports doctors talk about it, it's just like an injury a tired thing like Giannis was tired and these are tired plays where he yes it's a fluke thing but he's tired and visibly tired trey is visibly tired um these guys are gassed and when you're gassed you're more likely to get injured. And that is what we're saying. It's everybody's gassed and everyone has a bigger opportunity of getting injured. Um, it's just the nature of starting the season when they did, taking the money, taking the the opportunity to keep getting those television checks. And now you have guys playing the Olympics this summer. You have basketball kicking back off in October. So we're still probably two years away from it normalizing again. But what the Hawks and the Heat have done in back-to-back years is not sustainable. That's not not how the NBA works. And I think it's just Atlanta fans are not dealing well with that. But it's like, well, no, it's just they're they're great. But you you are benefiting from that. And what I saw some Atlanta TV guy point out like Hunter and Herder and Bogey are all injured. Like the Hawks aren't immune to the injury stuff, and they're still fighting through. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's that's not the same as the Clippers losing Kawhi. It's not the same as the Lakers losing AD because it's literally spit. Like that is flipping a a title. That is flipping a title for those teams. So it's it's not the same. Yeah, I, I see these as two separate discussions, though, honestly. Does that I make think, sense? Does that feel like... Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, we, we were going back and forth with this in the text, and I, I agree with like 90% of what you just said. It's going to be impossible to look back on this season, whoever wins it, and say that is, you know, with it, if all things were equal, that is the deserved champion. Like, that's just a fact of life. And that's fine. And that, and that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't take away. Like if the Suns win, I don't want to say it doesn't take away from their title. Of course it does. Like it's just a fact. Yeah, the of Raptors life, benefited but, from Kevin Durant going down. If Kevin Durant right, doesn't go down, the happens, Raptors don't win the title. You know, yeah, the Thunder probably win a title one of those years if what Westbrook or Ibaka doesn't get hurt. Whatever, it happens every year. This is no different. This will, there will be like, like a footnote here, very obviously pointing that out. But these are two separate discussions to me. Um, the first discussion being. You know, the NBA and the injuries and the schedule and how that's impacted the legitimacy of the title. That's one discussion. The second discussion is the Hawks and like what what this has really meant for the Hawks. And that's where I think we disagree a little Mm. bit because everyone, every team, every single game the Hawks have played in this postseason, um, they haven't been the healthier team by any significant margin. Like there's not been a single game where they were like clearly advantaged because of injury. If anything, it's the opposite. Um, and so I think 
you know, there's there's one discussion about the NBA and the legitimacy of this title, which I think you're spot on about. There's another discussion about what we've learned about the Hawks. And like, sure, do the Hawks, you know, make it to this point if they play a fully healthy Brooklyn in the second round? No, but that didn't happen. Um, and what we've learned about the Hawks, I've tried to take this view now where I think, because I've kind of come to terms with the Hawks are probably not making the finals. And if they do, they're almost definitely not winning the title. And so it's like, okay, what have we learned about the Hawks this postseason? Mm-hmm. And there's a whole list of things we've learned about the Hawks, about players on the Hawks and about this team and about their coaching staff, all of which are positive. Yeah. Like, Onyeka Kongwu is like a centerpiece. Like, I do not want to trade that guy under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey is, like, built for this. Like, he can be yeah. the best player on a contending team, period. That's just a fact. Mm. Um, well, we don't know that Kevin, part yet. We don't. Well, we don't know that one. I don't know if he can be the best player on a title team. We don't know that. Point. Point being, he's, they're, a, he's they're, on a contending team now, though. That's the thing. There, there, there are superstars whose games elevate in the playoffs. There are superstars mm. whose game games detract in the playoffs. We probably kind of thought in our heart of hearts Trey would be in the latter category. I know Chase did, and mm. that's not the case. Oh, he, his yeah. game elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Herter. Who, who saw this coming from Kevin Herter? Like, who, who saw this? Like this kind of player inside Kevin Herter. Can I get some um, credit for seeing this in Cam? Can I can I get some Cam? Talent? I want to see more Cam before I can make that decision. But no, just an all time great on ball defender. Like just waiting for guys coming up the court. Like can't teach that. Four blocks, two steals, <laughs> I, I like guess, all kinds. Yeah. of stuff. he is a defensive wizard. I just think I think that these are two separate discussions, mm. and I'll have either, I'll have either of those discussions. But like what I've seen from the Hawks, I can't be negative about. Oh, I can't, for sure, I, can't I think that's true. Anything. But I think when fans get defensive about people talking about their run, it's like, well, yeah, like you're not. Did you think that if Brooklyn had all three, that you're in the same stratosphere? Like, are are we really having that conversation that you're in the in the ballpark? You're not in well, the who, ballpark. Who more benefited from the the Nets being injured, the Hawks or the Bucks? Oh, the Bucks, right. Hawks did. Mm-hmm. Who, who's being criticized the most for all of these injuries? The Hawks. Well, I think the Hawks I, are being criticized. I just think it's more well, of like a measuring your expectations and measuring where you sit on the totem pole, right? Like the NBA hierarchy. It's like if there's a Hawks fan, it's like, well, if all things, everyone's healthy, we're still in the. It's like, no, you're not. You're not even in the ballpark. Like you're not in the club. Like you're you're not. Like you're not there with the Clippers. You're not there with the Lakers. You're not there with the Nets. Like those are the three best teams in basketball if they're all healthy. Like that is. I don't know how you make the case against any of those three in a seven game series if they're all healthy. But I, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just think that that is something that you have to talk about. Is just yeah, injuries are part of the game, and this is part of when you build around AD, you build around Kawhi in 2021. Like this is a possibility, and I mean honestly, the Nets too with their injury history. Like this is part of it. Is when you bet on these older veterans who have logged a lot of playoff minutes. This is something you have to deal with. This is your reality. But um, the Hawks have one all-star. They still only have one all-star. And they have an all-star that they have to hide on defense really significantly. You could go back and watch like how they hide him and what that does to the defense still. I mean, there's a reason he was uh, Trey Young was last in defensive real plus minus for several years and that he is still a problem on that end when things get tight. But he's also just an all-time great offensive player and he's just been a delight to watch and i think he is someone you want to go to war with in the playoffs so all those things can be true but the hawks like you're you're excited about these young guys and this is something that 
I get worried about is you can't pay all these dudes. And the like Collins is going to be up for a massive extension this offseason. If you give Collins the extension, Herter's gone. Like you can't pay them both because you still have Reddish and Hunter on the horizon. You still have a Kongwu on the horizon. You still have Capella making a bunch of money. You still have Bogey making a bunch of money. You still have Gallinari making a bunch of money. Like there's no there's no path and you're maxing out Trey soon. Like that's probably happening sooner than later to keep him happy. Like it is going to get very pricey and very expensive very quickly. Um, but we're also going to learn if the Hawks are interested in big game hunting. Are they interested in but, sustainable and just be really good in the East for 10 years? Because with this core, they can be really good in the East for a long time. They won't win a title. They have no path to winning a title with this group. But if they flip all these young guys that we all collectively like, like we love Herder, we love, like, we, I don't know, I'm not going to say we love Collins. We love a Kong. We, we, love, have, a, we have a love-hate relationship yes. with John Collins. We are optimistic about Cam and Hunter. Like those are the pack. Like that's the package you flip for Beal, and then you see what happens with Beal and Trey in a playoff series. Like that's when you see, like, okay, could we outscore enough people to actually win the East? That is, there's a difference between this core and then big game hunting and actually gunning for a title. Can I play devil's advocate quickly though? Because mm-hmm. I, I I think I agree with you in terms of consolidation. Um, but. First point being consolidation is a really good problem to have because that means you got a, a lot of really good players. Yep. Like that's that's sure. that's the problem that comes with hitting on like five straight first round picks. Yeah. Um. Which which Travis Schlenk did. Like he got I think five or six really good players since mm-hmm. he's uh, Collins, Herder, Trey, Reddish, Hunter, Akamu. Those are yeah. six great chips, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And you can't pay them all, and you can't play them all. Agree. Um. But I think there's actually. I, I, we've had this discussion a little bit with the Braves, but I think there's a case that when you're the Hawks and you're not a major market and you're not going to attract, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a superstar asking out and demanding to be traded to Atlanta. Um, and you're certainly not going to sign one of those guys in free agency, right? So you have two options. One, you trade for a guy like Beal, mm-hmm. um, who has multiple years on his contract, and convince him that this is a long-term fit he needs to win a title. That's one option. But the second route toward getting multiple stars and winning a title that way is you bet on a Kongwu and Hunter in particular becoming those level of guys. And, and I know that you're going to say, you know, uh, DeAndre Hunter will never be Kawhi Leonard, which is probably true, but you could definitely make an argument that that's the best bet toward getting a sustainable long-term superstar. Oh, I disagree. I think you, you trade for the disgruntled star. I think you you do what OKC did when they acquired Paul George. I think that's kind of what you do, is when they had Westbrook, they made the move with all their assets to get Paul George. It didn't work out, but I think that's the market model you have to look at. Is... Well, but, but at the end of the day, is who would you rather be? Would you rather be this Atlanta Hawks team or that Oklahoma City team? And well, I think if they got more years of Paul obvious. George, because it didn't, it didn't go well because Paul George got pulled out. And that right, it didn't go plan. well because Paul George wanted to go to L.A. Which yeah, that wasn't his no fault. Way, like, like, I mean, that's why would I want a fault, disgruntled star who didn't but want to gonna, Yeah, why am I going to give up all my chips for a guy well, who tells me I'm going to L.A. and then goes to L.A.? Because the odds are significantly higher that that player with trey gives you a better odds of winning a title winning the east than betting on hunter and a Kongwu to also be top 15 nba players like that's not a okay. not a possibility for either of those trey is a top 15 he... player there's i don't i think it's unlikely i, I would say 97 percent unlikely that Okongwu and hunter become top 15 players in the nba reddish i would still say have the highest ceiling of any of them oh, but come on <laughs> come on 
I mean, he's already there I mean, defensively. Look, he's younger. Like, DeAndre Hunter is, what, three years older than Cam Reddish? He's 23. Yeah, 22, age matters. Like, Hunter, this is it. Like, next year is it. Like, he is at the point where guys just don't make that jump anymore. Um, this is the problem of drafting older guys, is they basically are what they are at that point. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe. We saw some stuff off the dribble. Maybe he is, but uh, I don't know. I, if I had to guess, if he, is he more likely to be Harrison Barnes or Kawhi Leonard? I would say Harrison Barnes. Still a good mm. player, but that would be my guess. See, but I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I think I think the model you're really looking at is the Kawhi Leonard team from uh, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, but the thing is, like, how often Wait, do we see how? Who? What? Kawhi's well, no, 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 player. No, as far as, like, you add that player, you go okay. win that title, and then you yeah. move on. Yes. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's what I would uh, and. And then basically just sacrifice it for years later of, of just sort of like being sort of Yeah, mediocre. no, you got the title. Like you had the parade, you got the title. Like, yeah, that's what I would do. That's, but that's the whole question is, is how many times have you seen that? How many times have you seen that just in the last 20 years? Well, what I'm saying is like, that's really what I would rather go time. for. That's what I would rather go for. If you really yeah. want to take a swing and if you really want to push the LAs and the Brooklyns, you have to take the big swings because most of the time it doesn't work with the developed young guys. Like we can look – like if you look across the NBA – like the Grizzlies are about to experience this too. You look at just where teams are and you look at how hard it is to develop your own guys. Like there comes a tipping point. Everyone can't be the Warriors where you just nail it the right way with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. By and large, it doesn't work. Look at the Celtics. They just bought them out with their two, with Tatum and Brown. Um, they tried to just figure stuff out around the edges with Kemba. Kyrie didn't work out. But you take the Kyrie swing because you're like, okay, we pair our young guys it's the Braves thing where it's like, yeah, you hit on Acuna and Albies, but like the whole point is to use those savings to go big game hunting because you can't win a title. You can't beat the Dodgers. You can't beat the Yankees. You can't beat uh, just insert team here to really make a run. Like you need to go like the Suns were sputtering. They could have bet on like take another point guard and see what happens next to Devin Booker. But they went out and got Chris Paul and they are in the finals now. Like they took a big swing by acquiring Chris Paul. Um, that's huge. Like they were like, Hey, Devin Booker is going to get disgruntled. He's nervous. Like Deandre Ayton, we could hope that he becomes just a, a Joel Embiid type guy. Do we really want to wait on that and see what happens? No, we're going to bring in Chris Paul and see what, like, we're going to expedite this, this process. And I, I think the Hawks have to expedite this process now with Trey. And if they really want to bet on these young guys, you look across the league. It just doesn't work. Like the Blazers hit the wall and Damian Lillard might ask out, um, you just look uh, just everywhere. Like the Bulls, their rebuild didn't go well. Memphis, they don't have a path to the title with their group. The Pacers ran into a wall and ran into the end of their Victor Oladipo stuff. You look at, I mean, even with Paul George before that, they bet on their guys. Um, Magic but, but hasn't gone well. I, Pistons hasn't gone well. Timberwolves hasn't gone well. Cavaliers, look at that with their group with Garland and Sexton. It's like most of those guys just don't pan out because there's only a handful of guys that end up being difference makers in the NBA and it's actually start driven league. Yes, I I agree with the thesis of like you need stars to win titles in the NBA because you know look at the last twenty years, right? But like every team you just named has not done what this Hawks team has done with its core being like. Yes. 23 and under like, like well, give all... me the top 10 player who you're pairing with Trey on this roster who is going to be but, but, okay, all NBA okay. first I want to pare down I want to pare down the conversation because you were naming all those teams right which tried to sort of do the tear down build around young talent and it mm. didn't work none of those teams have has had even close to the success I mean I guess Boston would be the yeah the example the best example of a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals 
um, and it didn't work out, right? But you, but uh, they're not getting rid of Tatum and Brown. Well, like, look, they're the building Sixers are the best Tatum example too. The Sixers got Jimmy Butler, and if Kawhi doesn't hit that shot, the Sixers won a title by going big game hunting him, acquiring Jimmy Butler. They lose Jimmy Butler. The Simmons and Embiid were their two draft picks, and they wanted to bet on their in-house guys. And Tyrese Maxey and stuff like that are cute, but Jimmy Butler was the one that was putting them over the top. You know, I. I, I yeah I, I see what you're saying I think you have the luxury here to be patient for the right star um and yeah. I, I know you're gonna I know you're gonna push back on that but there is zero reason why for another year you can't run it back um with a team that is going to be loaded by the way I think they're like, gonna run it loaded back, yeah. next year and and I, I unless you come across the right star at the right time with the right contract and the right deal you don't have to like sort of pigeonhole someone who may not be the right fit. But, I mean, would you and be that's upset if they traded three of the four young guys for Bradley Beal? Would you really be upset? If they traded, yeah. like, Hunter, Akongwu, and Herter for Beal, yeah, I'd be upset. Really? I would Yeah, I would not. I would not. All three of those guys? Yeah. But, but, but you know, it, it wouldn't be that. It would be it would be Collins, sign and trade, and probably two of those guys. And I, I could talk myself into that. Yeah, because you're, like, you're going to have the number one offense in the East. And you're going to push Brooklyn in a seven-game series if you have Trey and Beal. Like, there's only so much but, defenses can do with those two. But, man, what if like what if it is the Warriors? Like, I, I don't mean, know. It's not. Basketball <laughs> why? Doesn't why do you like say that? that? I don't, but but I, I don't know why they can't. Travis Smith I mean, is going two for two. He's create like he's helping create back to back Warriors teams. Like who? I don't know. He's hit on like every. He's hit on everybody so far. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at this team. Everybody you play. I mean, we've got we're not, we're nine. Who's the clay in this situation? Who's what? Who is the clay in this situation? I mean, you you signed Bogey. Bogey. Maybe. Mm. Plays good defense, hits shots. I mean, he's obviously not a generational shooter like like uh Yeah, clay I was going to say Clay is maybe the best shooter of all. You don't have to go player for player, but I'm mm-hmm. saying if you could like if you can build a young top Mold- homegrown organic top 4 like they did and hit on all four of those guys, which there's evidence that it's like Trey, Herder, Hunter, Akongwu. Like if you want to say those are the four guys um, you can build a hell of a team around. Why are you not including for, Cam in any of this? Generation. Are you just trying to hurt you my know, feelings? You know why I'm not including Cam in any of this. <laughs> I've started to come around on Cam. I, 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 wanted, I always wanted to see what he was going to do in, under Nate McMillan mm-hmm. because he clearly was not working out with Lloyd Pierce. Yeah. And and now, obviously, we've seen that Lloyd Pierce was the problem, not vice versa, across the board. It just, I, I mean, I don't want to put the guy down necessarily. He's but now the lead uh, assistant in Indiana, I think. Hey, good for him. But that's but him. that's where I want to run it back one more year because I I want to see what you have. Well, they have to. I want to see, they, I want to see well, how are the minutes going to work. Like this is another know, real thing. If the they're question. all healthy, like I don't know how they're going to handle these minutes. Like I think Hunter is who I sell high on. Um, the injury stuff, I feel like he might just be an injury guy. Like he might be someone I would just be terrified where the injuries are just going to prevent him from really get to that next next thing. Uh, but if you run it back with this group, like how are you distributing the minutes? Like how are you doing this? You need Hunter depends. at the four for a lot of stretch. How are you getting Hunter at the four with Collins and Akongwu and Capella and Gallinari? I, I just I, I think it's going to be tight. Like, it is going to be some unhappy dudes. Like, that is probably going to happen next year. So you're going to have some unhappy guys with minutes. Like, there's just too many guys. I think that thing that thing tends to work itself. I, I don't disagree on paper, but I think those things tend to work themselves out midseason. Like, mm. you'll every team has injuries like we, we said the same thing this year about like a guy like herder um with bogey coming in hunter back reddish like where's herder gonna get to get his minutes he's kind of mm-hmm. like the odd man out i think we said that on this podcast yeah um and now look at, now look at him like 
the yeah, cream kind of is he back to the bench? To... Is he okay with that? He, I, I, mean, I think so. Okay. He was solid as six in a six man role for the majority but do you of think the first he's round be okay of the next year. Like, do you think he's like, no, I've proved myself. Like I should be a starter and Hunter was out. Like Hunter should be coming off the bench. And the Hawks are like, well, you don't have the upside that Hunter and Cam do. So you're back on the bench. Like that is a real thing that they're going to have to, because Cam needs to play. They have Cam's to Cam's not going to start over Herder though. Mm. No chance. Zero. None. He needs to start somewhere. That's that's why I think for the for the betterment of Cam's career, he's better off going somewhere that's not the Hawks right now. How and I, dare I, you? I, you just I would, <laughs> like is this just I'm not no, they want under the weather. Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish Max just, no, I don't think I don't think it's in the Hawks' best interest necessarily to trade him right now. But for the betterment of his career, he needs to go somewhere where he can make mistakes and get his shots and play. Did I not say this in this podcast where like the worst thing that's happening to Cam right now is the Hawks are expediting their rebuild and like he's just not going to be allowed to be just be all over the place and just be a wild player. But it wasn't the worst thing for the Hawks. It was a good thing for the Hawks. It was clearly a good thing for the Hawks though. Mm. I I think this this team, I think we're overthinking this. I mean, honestly, because this team is is very good. We're not inside that locker room. Can I say one last thing on Cam? Cam's on-ball defense, like when he is, like he is able to guard one through five. Hunter can't even do one through five. Like Cam is someone like he is the ultimate guy that you want to pair next to Trey because anybody, like you put him on the court with Trey, like he is going to help so much with just how long he is. Him and Okongwu should be a part of the. Like I would put prioritize them above Herder and hunter and not even think twice about it like not even think twice just well, because there's a reason those guys were lottery outside. picks and kevin herter wasn't i mean it's just because of the, the pure physical no, size it's the defense guys. like you still have to well, that's what i'm saying the physical size yeah you the have physical... to think about trey and his oh defense. yeah i mean yeah the physicality just of those guys there's a reason they were drafted all within the top eight picks yeah and kevin herter was drafted what 17th like there's that, a reason yeah. for that um, but that doesn't take away or diminish anything that Kevin Herter does. Kevin Herter's still a, a pretty good defender. No, you He's can just a... draft a he- Kevin Herter. Like, you can find a Kevin Herter in free agency. Like, those guys exist No, 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 no. Oh, no. I don't, I don't want to say that necessarily. Red Velvet think... is just an unfindable gem. No, you can find him anywhere. Uh, off-ball, yeah, secondary you can find creator. Him. You, gotta, you gotta pay him 20 free? million a year. Oh, God. He's gonna make twenty million a year. Yeah, period. that's ridiculous. Uh, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a dominant role player. He's gonna be he's gonna be like a, a dominant a very role good... player. Yeah, I think he's he, not I dominant think that's what now. He, is. he takes games. He comes in and out. Like he'll have the no the no show and then he'll drop thirty. Like he is a traditional role player. You can find those. He's guys. a role player. Yeah, you don't pay role let players. Me, Chase, let me ask you this, um, mm. um, because we we have like we're talking all about the minutes crunch and the and the money crunch. And we haven't discussed sort of the most imminent possibility here. Do you think there's any chance they just let John Collins walk? No, I don't I, think so. Either, but they're too into marketing. It, like the Hawks are would, way too it, marketing based. Yeah. Like they are. There's a reason that they are marketing their team the way they are. And Collins um, would be a bad look for the organization. I think they like what he provides on a. PR well, you look at what he wrote in the Players Tribune too. Yeah, like and you saw how fired up this entire city got when they read that. That's what I'm saying. He means something to this team. He really does. I mean, he is the he was the start of this rebuild. He was the that key piece. Yeah. uh, For the Hawks, and I don't think he just walks away. No. I I, I honestly I can almost see him taking a small discount. No, I don't think back here. I think he can. I I think he's a twenty million dollar. No, what I'm saying is he's not going to be okay with that. I don't know if he's a guy. Like that is absolutely a money guy. Well, I'm not. I'm also not going to pretend like I know what their financial situations are or what they should or should not do with their own money or go 
I mean, look, if he wants to get paid, go get paid. Yeah. And I encourage him to go do that. Why don't um, the Hawks pay him and then they flip him? I could see that. Yeah. that that's more, more likely just because we have the bird rights on him. And obviously, I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so we have the in say uh, whether we pay him or not. Well, like, um, the future is, like, you eventually, like, he is still, for me, the odd man out. Like, eventually it's going to, like, if they were matched up with the Nets in a seven-game series this year, the Nets are healthy, like, Collins has played off the floor. Like, Collins is not playing. Because you, like, Kevin Durant at the four, like, Collins is just getting worked. And they're just going small. And Kate, if they put Katie at the five, it's lights out if you still have Capella and Collins. Like, there's going to be the playoff series where, like, you cannot play Capella and John Collins together like it's just not mm-hmm. you can't have two non-shooters on the floor that's why that's why the future is a Kongwu I, yeah. I do agree I think the future I'm is happy, a Kongwu at the five with... Hunter at the four Cam at the three Bogey at the two Trey at the one like that is what I would that is what I would give so many regular season minutes to next year is see what that looks like and see how that works because I think defensively it's great but also like Hunter's a four Cam's a three slash two whichever one and then bogey and trey just work so well and like trey finding bogey in the corner when his knees right is just uh lights out but then you worry about the double drag like collins and capella are so good at that and it's so hard to defend for defenses but like now you 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 eventually cannot have two non-shooters like that and two traditional bigs like that in the playoffs in today's nba uh, and yeko kongu can do that he showed he does he could do that i mean well, no i'm that, saying collins can't game. You can't have Collins in a Kongwu. Like, the teams are not going to come out on a Kongwu. Like, that's still not happening. It's like the Ben Simmons thing. We're like, oh, if he shoots, it's like, well, teams are still not going to come out. So it doesn't change anything. If Giannis shoots 35%, teams are not coming out to defend him. He would have to shoot 40 to 42% for teams to actually respect his three. And there's no path to a Kongwu getting respect from three. Like, he's not going to uh, be a 40% three-point shooter. That's not happening. No, one thing that one thing they drafted him for is his ability to potentially develop that shot. Um, I think he can be a corner three guy I think and shoot thirty five percent. Which like, is he's fine. Not, yeah, I, if he's just as good as if he is like a Brooke Lopez. No, Brooke Lopez was an amazing offensive player coming out. Like Brooke Lopez was an offensive. You're right. First you're guy. right. You're right. But if he can develop, but if he can develop uh, a solid, no, he jump needs shot. to be Dwayne Deadman, like the best version of Dwayne Deadman. And Dwayne you know, Deadman. Dwayne Deadman's amazing. That guy. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good player. He's a fine player. Like he is um, amazing. So, is a stretch. I'm, oh, I amazing. love Dwayne Deadman. Like his he's a, uh, he's a strong role player. Oh, when we let him go, <laughs> still bothered me. The Kings just giving him three years, like some monsters. Like Dwayne Deadman doesn't need three years. Um, he was great for the Heat. Are y'all watching the Heat? Like that dude starting in the playoffs for the Miami Heat. We've we've gone so far down this rabbit hole. <laughs> do, do either of you think um, the Hawks have a chance to come back and win this series? I, I know Chase's answer, yes. but I, I want to hear Garrett's answer. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, look, this team has shown that they can run like player for player with this Bucks team. Uh, I think they're going to come back to Atlanta. I think Atlanta need. I mean, it's obviously a must win. So, but and and I think the fans are going to show up. Um, I think the Hawks are going to show up because they got their backs against the wall. And I want to see, I think they want to see how far this thing can go. And they know that they're playing on house money. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, th- I still think that we have the players, we have the players who can, who are going to show up, up and, and then it's game seven. Game, anything can happen in a game seven. Trey could come back. Giannis can come back. Uh, you really don't know. And that should be the goal. Just get to game seven. And I, I think, think they're more than capable of doing that. There's a good chance he doesn't. There's a very good chance that neither of them. Either. Everything I read about bone bruises, both of them are like, a bone bruise in your foot, you can't really expedite that. That's just just gonna hurt for a while. Like it's just gonna really hurt. So even if he does yeah. come back, like it's just gonna be painful and and not not the same tray. Yeah, I mean, but look, get to game seven. 
That's all you can do. Get to game seven and see what happens. It's, it's what we did with Philly. Philly. Um, they, except they pushed to game seven and we, we ended up smacking them in the face. But look, I mean, this team is good enough. I think this team has heart. They're not going to quit on each other. They're not going to quit on this city. And I think this team is going to push it to push it at least. And then we'll see what happens. Max, what do you think? Yeah, I think we've counted this team out way too many times. Um, I shouldn't say we. I, I think some of us we have counted have. out this team way too many times. <laughs> and I'm done doing it. Uh, I thought, thought the, I thought the Philly series might be over at 2-1. It wasn't. I thought when the Knicks evened it up, they kind of figured us out. Uh, Chase thought the Heat were going to sweep us in the first round um, mm. way, way back in the day. Mm. Um, A healthy Heat I'm team. Done, I, I, think, I think we know for sure that they're going to come out and play their ass off. Um, like I, I just can't see any other way uh, in Game Six, and then Garrett's right. Game Seven, who knows? Especially without Giannis, who knows? The, the Bucks could go, Bucks could go out and shoot twenty percent from three, and and we could win that game by twenty. Who knows? Yeah, I don't want to be negative about this. Am I coming off too negative? Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. I don't You've been think down so. Like, You've still, been down on the Hawks the best every single series. Franchise history. Well, hold this on. is probably one of the most exciting playoff runs the city has had. Yeah. I'm saying it's like, right I up there with that, my that natural Falcon instinct team. is like GM. Like my natural instinct is just to be like, okay, so this is this and this is that. And I just, I always pull myself back out and be like, okay, what are their, like, I just, I, I the projection stuff, I can't get around. Like, I just think so much about projections. And I just think it's such a finite thing and that they have stumbled into this for the first time in our lifetime. The Hawks have this thing. So it's just, you have to be extremely careful with what you do and every move they make right now could dictate whether or not they're a perennial finals team or just oh, they're at a crossroads okay here yeah oh this is definitely a crossroads uh but, but look i mean i don't think tony snell's going to be getting minutes next year i mean they get solomon hill these guys who got minutes in the regular season this year just because of injuries but i think we're going to be we're a nine deep squad and i think we're going to run it back with at least seven or eight of these guys um, maybe add a backup point guard, uh, maybe another big man who can come in and, and or maybe we trade Clint Capella. I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, the ceiling is just so damn high. I can't help but just be over the moon with excitement about this squad. Can I say that I love watching this this group? I've enjoyed the run. I, I don't want to come off super negative. I just think that there are ceilings and there are things that I just – I look around the league and I'm just like, okay, well, you have to make some tough choices. Like, I am just fascinated to see what choices they make and how this it's all nature works. nature sports, man. Yeah. It's nature sports. It's what happened. I, I think I'm also just an anxious person by nature. Like, my anxiety naturally ramps up when <laughs> things are going well because when the expectations are limited, like, I have no anxiety with the Falcons this year. Like, it's going to be amazing. Like, no anxiety. It's house money. Like, they traded Julio. They don't give a shit about this season. It's just whatever happens, happens. I'm okay with that. I've moved on. Like, I have no emotional. Like, I'll enjoy watching these games. But, you know, Tennessee, guess what? Year one, Hypel, just go six and six. Excited for it. The Hawks legitimately have a chance of building a finals team. Like, a legitimate chance. So the expectations and, have to be raised. And then you have the Braves, who are now only three and a half games back. Oh, the, Ra- the Braves are out of it. Like, that's not a real thing. Uh, the know, Braves. Man. I like, don't know. Is but Orlando Chase, Arcia they coming? No, they're not. The coming. reason, mm-hmm. the reason you're anxious though, out. We can move to the Braves in a minute because I don't think they're out of it. But I the don't. reason you're anxious, I think, out of it in about... terms of World Series contention. They're not yeah, a world. Yeah, they're not winning a World well, Series. With let's win a division first, and then we'll. Yeah, go they're they're there. not out of the division because the Mets just really, really don't want to win this division. But 
Uh, the reason you're anxious about the Hawks, and then mm-hmm. we can close out on the Hawks uh, until next week. But the reason you're anxious about the Hawks is because they have built Travis Slink has built one of the best collection of under 23 talent. Yes, 23 and under talent in like the last decade of the league in terms of depth, in terms of um, one of the best under 23 players in the league in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, like him and Luca are are two of the best. Wait, I thought it was um, 16th. 16th. <laughs> It was 16th of that DSP list. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we don't, he also wasn't an all-star this year. Anyway, <laughs> in terms of Trey, Cam, Herder, Collins, Okongwu, um, Hunter, that is six guys, 23 and under, who are, like, legitimately impact NBA players. And so the reason you're anxious about it is because you don't want us to screw it up. Yeah. Um, which is, this is totally, totally like, valid. If they screw this up, we are going another 30 years. I'm going to be old as shit the next time the Hawks have built something this potentially special. But you also have to stop and think like, man, this could be something special. Like, this is extremely exciting. Yeah, like, it, it's exciting and terrifying. It's like when you, you meet the right person day and you're like, oh, yes, this is weird. Uh, this is what it's supposed <laughs> like to be. Like, how it, how could this go wrong? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like that you is where you're thinking about every option that could po- possibly happen. Yes. Let's you... jump on, jump on the train, see how far it goes. I'm jump, I'm on the train, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be anxious about while well, riding the train. Like I'm going to be anxious the whole way out. Like I, I, there's no chance I'm never not anxious during this run. Like I'm going to be anxious. That's fair. They have a real possibility. It's a positive anxious. I think it's good. We're emotionally invested, and they're they're destroying my well-being my Friday nights because the Hawks have played every Friday night for the last six and a half months, and I need it to stop. I, 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 need, it, I need it out of my life. I need the Friday nights back. I can't. It, the emotional toll of the Atlanta Hawks on Friday nights has been, it's been a lot. Um, speaking of emotional toll, we'll quickly talk. Um, Braves, they're, they're on the way back. Um, still a question the outfield. Almonte just being a walk machine, I'm here for. But uh, outside of that, Morton, Dillon, happy about that. Soroka, did we talk about him tearing his uh, Achilles last week? I don't remember if that happened after. I don't think so. Briefly, we might have mentioned it. He's gone, so that sucks. Davidson gone, 60 days. Like The, the pitching is still bad. But if you saw Robert Murray, a fan-sided, he mentioned that the Braves and the Blue Jays have been the most active among all teams around the league in searching for bullpen help. And there's Craig Kimbrell will be the best option, but the Cubs aren't trading him. They're, they're probably going to win the NL central. So that's not going to happen, but you know, there are Richard Rodriguez out there in Pittsburgh. There's uh, Brad hand. There's all kinds of different options. And I mean, the Phillies, I assume are also gonna be very active because of just how shitty their bullpen is. But what do you guys think of where the Braves are at? And uh, if they, really do have a chance of making some noise here well i mean look there i mean austin riley is also playing well freddie freeman is getting getting it all figured out uh ronald acuna is ronald acuna he's been dealing with some injuries recently but um i think he's gonna be fine this on this going hot during this is what i was telling saying like last week this just get hot win some games get to the all-star break breathe and then come out ready just throwing punches uh make some acquisitions do the things you have to do win baseball games, keep winning series like they did with the Mets right here. They won the rubber match. That was a critical game, uh, especially right after scoring 20 runs. They just they loaded. And then they come out and beat DeGrom. Do that. Do those things. Think. Win those series and honestly then focus on the division, win this division, and see what happens when you get to the playoffs. Because like we've said before, 
like when we were talking about the Hawks, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So worry about what's what's happening right in front of you, win the division, and figure out what happens next when it happens. I, I still believe that this team can win the division because they're showing how, what they're capable of doing. doing. Well, that's a different conversation, right? Like, I think they're very much uh, a possibility of make, winning the division, but the opportunity for them to get through the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers, no. I, well, I mean, that's so far away. That's so far away. I mean, they have I'm to make not, some big moves. They have to, like, really, really swing for the fences here. And I think they still can. They still definitely can. I mean, plus, I, I mean, so. we talked – one thing we mentioned last week is you look at the NL West, and because the Giants look like they are certainly here to stay – you got to win this division if you want to even play in the playoffs. Um, so uh, it'll be tough, but the way it lines up, there's, I mean, we could potentially just play the Brewers or something in the first round and, and move on and, and see what happens. But that's, that's still, again, that's so far away. I'm not worried. I'm not going to worry about that yet. I'm going to worry about winning the division. And I think they're capable of doing that. Fangraphs, it's also, Oh, it, go, like I was just yeah, going to throw up Max is the, the Braves right now, 14% chance of winning the division and four percent chance of winning the wild card and eighteen point two percent chance of making the postseason per fan guys right now. At this point in the season with where they're at. Like that's that was a week ago. Bad. That is that <laughs> it's unlikely. Like that is a if you don't make major moves, you are not you are not winning this division. You're not making the postseason. But anyway, Max. But it's also yeah, it's also how many times have we seen um like when it like it's so far away the playoffs that it's like you can't even in baseball all it takes is is you know you ride a few hot arms and the bats heat up at the right time and you can go on a run it happens all the time mm-hmm. and so it's it's almost I think it's point pointless to discuss anything besides the division right now mm. and then when you beat Degrom in the rubber match against the division leaders to instead of going five and a half back to three and a half back like that's the kind of thing that can we've been talking all year about like. If only they can get hot, like this division is up for grabs. Like that is the kind of thing that can scoring twenty runs and then beating Degrom in the rubber match is the kind of thing that can expedite a run. And so all it takes is um, a run here, a couple acquisitions to the deadline, beef things up, and then you gun for the division. And then like after that, you figure the rest out, right? Like, is it likely they win the World Series? Of course not. But like, that's not the worry right now. And so I think I think. Beating Degrom is like the kind of thing that feels more like five games than one. Mm. I mean, we what, what, what's his ERA now? We we really increased his his ERA just in that first inning. <laughs> and hey, and it was a day that he was dealing too. He sent right. out eighteen consecutive Braves and struck out fourteen, and we beat him. You know, That's you know, only the only the studs go like give up three runs in the first, and then retire like 18 in a row 14 strikeouts and end up with like a seven innings like five hits 14 strikeout line and lose it's it well it's only degrom does that only degrom can can put lights out let up one run and get (laughs) all right well we'll put a pin in it there guys for that guy down there in atlanta georgia and for that other guy down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman, thank you as always for making the time on this podcast. Uh, for myself, Chase Thomas up here in Knoxville, Tennessee, that is all of the Atlanta sports guys have got for this Friday afternoon edition. We'll be back as we are every Friday, hopefully with me feeling a little bit better next week. Guys, thank you as always. Go on. Hawks at 7. Hawks at 7. Let's go.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.